Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is, what is my name? Anita J, and uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 15th, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Bill's story on page 14, fifth paragraph down, beginning, while I lay in, through two paragraphs, ending with, with us, it is just like that. And we're going to have our comments on both, both paragraphs. Today's readers are uh, Lauren N. on the 12 Steps, Stacy T. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Tina S. and Katie G. The share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, March 14th, uh, are for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, 9721. And for the 10 a.m., 97. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members, and we are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps. And now I will now ask Lauren N. to read our OA 12 steps for us. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, fellow visionaries. Um, This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. Okay, the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to make to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to, car- and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Thank you very- and I pass. Thank you. I will now ask Stacy T. to read always 12 traditions. Good morning. Thanks, Anita, for your service. Stacy T., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Cleveland. <clears throat> One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you very much, Stacey T. Um, How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. And to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page 14. We'll be reading the fifth and sixth paragraphs beginning while I lay in. And I have asked um, state, uh, Tina S. to get us started. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Anita. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Thanks for your service. Uh, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Um, while I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They, in turn, might work with others. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly was it imperative to work with others, as he had worked with me. Faith without works was dead, he said. And how appallingly true for the alcoholic For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again, and if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. Atina, Recover Compulsive Eater, uh, some really great stuff in these paragraphs, and and I'm so grateful to uh, be able to to share and really comprehend some of this stuff today, and it gets better one day at a time. And, and, you know, I like that it talks about, you know, still today there are thousands of hopeless alcoholics, people that are desperate indeed, who might be glad to have what was so freely given me. You know, when I came here, there was a woman who said, "If, if if you want what I have, you know, you'll take some suggestions and do this stuff. And by that time, I was desperate to do that. I was desperate to do that. And she didn't charge me, you know, and I was so grateful that, you know, I could speak to somebody about what was going on with me, you know, because I had never in my life, I thought, you know, I was the only one, you know. And and then it says my friend, who they're talking about, Abby, had emphasized the absolute necessity, you know, complete indispensable requirements here. There's some stuff that has to be done. It's telling me, they say there's no must, but this is an absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles, which, you know, today are the 12 steps. And, you know, the demonstration, I need to clearly show someone like it was clearly shown to me how to do this stuff, you know. And then, you know, some powerful words, you know, particularly was it imperative, you know, it was imperative. You know, I had to do this stuff. It was vital, it was crucial. And and if I didn't do this stuff, you know, I was going to die. And I had to really come to terms with what they were telling me in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous was the truth about my disease, you know. And and if I failed to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life, you know, and I say this often because it's just the truth. I didn't come here to get spiritual. And by the time I really comprehended comprehended the the words on the page as opposed to putting my own stuff in, you know, I knew that I had to do this stuff. So initially it was because I had to. And today is because I want to, you know, to be other-centered instead of self-centered because I was self-centered for so very long. And, um, you know, today I'm a little better, you know, uh, for sure. Some days are better than others. And, and it talks about, you know, these certain trials. It tells me we're go- that we're going to have them. 
because they're certain. You know, we're going to have these trials and these low spots ahead. You know, that's just part of life today. And how do I react? How do I respond today as opposed to the way I used to? You know, and and it tells me if I don't do this stuff, I'm going to surely drink again. And if I drink, I'm going to surely die. And, you know, my fear today is not that I'm going to surely die, but that I'm going to surely live in this pain, you know. And, and then again, it says, with us, it is just like that. And so this is the truth for me today. And one day at a time, if I, if I do this deal, if I suit up and show up and start practicing these principles in all my affairs, not just as it is to do with my food, but in everything that goes on in my life today, you know, my finances, my romances, my relationships, all this stuff, you know, I've got to practice these principles. And, and with that, I, ha- I have a, a, a daily living today, a design for living that works. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina S. Who else would like to uh, comment? Just a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jackie, Reva, Harlan, who else? Raj G. Look at, listen to this. Jackie. Reva, Harlan, Nessa, Roz, Monica. Who, who else? You get Roz R. Deborah R. Oh yes, I have Roz R. I had Roz G. De- Deborah R. Yeah, I think you missed oh. Kim G and Roz R together. Oh, you're. Are you going to talk together? No. <laughs> Kim G. <laughs> Kim G and Roz R. All right. Let's stop here, otherwise I'll make a shambles here. So Jackie, Reva, Harlan, Nessa, um, Roz, R, Monica T, and Kim G. How's that? All right, let's start with Jackie. Jackie, I don't know your last initial. Okay. Yes, it's Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Um, that was an amazing uh, share. I totally 100% uh, identify with that. What I highlighted was, for if an alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive certain trials and low sports ahead, spots ahead. You know, I totally 100% agree with this. This is what I do today. Um, no matter what, no matter what's happening, you know, in and out of my home, my work, my life, I have to stay spiritually connected to my higher power. First thing in the morning is to say my third step prayer and then go forth and be of service. Um, I, you know, this morning I I know I woke up having food dreams and I said, Oh my and I said the first thing I gotta do is get on a vision for you and listen to this meeting because I looked at what time it was. I need to be connected. I need to first um get my treatment. My treatment is is to know that I'm a compulsive overeater. I have to plug in and know that okay, do my recovery then I can go out there and be of service. Because once I'm of service to others, the food desires or the food thoughts in my head, they're just fleeting because it's not like I have a craving or anything like that. But I know I have to stay connected, plugged in. 
And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jackie B. And Reva P., good morning. Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. There's so much in these two paragraphs. Uh, What I'm going to focus on is um, what struck me most was um, I can do the first 11 steps, but if I don't do step 12, um, I'm not assured of permanent long-term recovery and spiritual growth. So um, he's uh, forcing me to pay attention by using words of absolute necessity, imperative, um, and I also love this business of demonstrating the principles, um, which means action, which means demonstrate it through my behavior um, as a power of example to others of what it looks like um, to have worked through the steps. And the thing that strikes me the most is, you know, here is Bill, totally self-centered. We see all these I, I, I's in uh, the first couple of pages. It's all about him. And what a huge transformation that he is actually thinking of others and how he can help others with this newfound discovery of having worked through the steps as he um, knew it at that time. And that's what happens to me as a result of doing the footwork. And yesterday I was sharing a step 10 with somebody and it was all about me because, you know, the problem is me and my self-absorption and self-analysis. So the best thing that can happen is by working the steps, I start thinking about others and how will my behavior affect somebody else um, and what is the best thing for the other person. And that is something that I can't do and force. It just happens as a result of working the steps. But what a huge change from people who are so self-self-absorbed to um, you know, be very forcefully encouraged or suggested that we get out of self and work with others. And it actually brings so much joy, which I never expected. Um, with that, I pass. Yes, thank you very much, Reva P. Harlan and then Nessa. Good morning, Harlan. Thank you very much. And thank you uh, to Team Wednesday for making this possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it will be 90 degrees today. So if you're shoveling snow, come on down. Come on down. We got room for you here upstairs. Okay. Um, On page 14, Bill Wilson has a spiritual experience in the town's hospital. There isn't a reference in Bill's story of him giving anybody five pennies for a nickel. He is a selfish alcoholic to the extreme. He has a spiritual experience, and it says here, while I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They, in turn, might work with others. What is one of the basis for our program is altruism. This comes from the Oxford group. This comes from our Oxford group roots. The Oxford group were people not concerned with alcoholism, but concerned with reinvigorating enthusiasm Enthusiasm, there's a good word. It comes from two Greek words, and theos from God. Enthusiasm into their Christianity 
through work and self-sacrifice for others. So we have an Oxford group ideal coming through here. And then it says here, wait a minute, my friend had emphasized, that's Abby, obviously, the absolute necessity, not just the necessity, but the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles, the principles are the steps in all of my affairs. Particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without works was dead. Faith without works was dead was Ann Smith's favorite Bible verse. The, the company that published the big book was Works Publishing Company because of this Bible verse and because Hank Parkhurst said simply, this works. Let's call it the Works Publishing Company and how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. If he drank, he would surely die. Faith would be dead indeed with us it is just like that. The saddest thing isn't dying. We're all going to die. But if I don't work these steps like my hair's on fire, I never will have lived. That is the saddest thing. The saddest words of tongue or pen are these few words it might have been. Because no matter how evolved my recovery gets, I will never rise above the level of a human being. And as such, I'm going to have fear and anger and selfishness and all these various things coming up. And I'm going to have to work the steps or my emotional level is going to seek relief from the pain of not eating in the food. And there's no third door. I'm either going to satisfy this pain by food, or I'm going to satisfy this pain through the working of the steps. And there's no third choice. And I'm so glad to be here this morning. Come on down. It'll be 90 degrees here today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much. That. No comment. Uh, Nessa followed by Roz. Good morning, Nessa R. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, when I recovered about five years ago, um, this step scared me. Uh, sponsoring other people scared me. And I, uh, I guess I quickly realized, because I was recovered, that it was all selfishness. It was all false humili- humility. Um, um, as a masquerade for my selfishness and my self-seeking, you know, because all these doubts crept into my into my mind. What if I do a good job? I mean, a bad job. What if I don't know what to do? What if nobody that I sponsor recovers? You know, all these all these doubts and all these negative um, um, attitudes that I quickly realized was my selfishness, right? Because I want to be the hero. I want to be the savior. And how is it going to reflect on me if, um, you know, but I did it anyway. I did it anyway because my sponsor told me that I had to, uh, because this book told me that I had to. And what I quickly realized uh, was that I had my sponsor as a guide. You know, if I had questions, if I didn't know what to do, um, I had my sponsor and I had other people that I could call on um, um, with questions. And indeed, even now, five years later after 
I've sponsored quite a lot of people. Um, I still call my sponsor with questions because I will never know it all. And there will always be people who have more experience than I do uh, and have dealt with more issues than I have. But I cannot stop myself from doing it just because I am afraid um, to fail, which in essence is just a selfish proposition. You know, like I got something and I don't want to give it away. Um, you know, in, in Dr. Bob's story, he um, he talks about sponsoring, and he says, "I spent a great deal of time passing on what I learned to uh, what I learned to others who wanted and needed badly. I do it for four reasons: a sense of duty. It is a pleasure because in so doing, I am paying my debt to the man who took me, to, who took time to pass it on to me." And because every time I do it, I take out, uh, out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. Um, and I saw that firsthand. You know, I saw that firsthand with, uh, with sponsors of mine who, who dragged their feet in, in sponsoring others. And there were like a million excuses. I had two sponsors who recovered and both um, didn't sponsor, um, you know, and I kept telling them, you got to find sponsors, you got to, you got to pass it on. And there was always a reason. There was always a reason, you know, like, well, I'm planning a wedding or I'm too busy. I'm starting a new business, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they picked up, you know, so what this book is telling us, these are not empty threats. They are warnings. They are telling us, you know, um, you're doing this uh, for yourself as much as you're doing it for others. But the true, the true joy in sponsoring is, is um, um, for me, the main reason now. Like, I, I wish I could sponsor people um, full-time. You know, I wish this was my full-time vocation because it is such a joy to uh, mm -hmm. see people awaken up to life and then pass it on to others um, and carrying on the chain and uh, it's a joy and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Roz R. followed by Monica. Jeez. Hi, can Good I morning. be heard? Yes, thank you. Good morning. This is Roz R. from Florida and I'm a great, I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater and it's like I'm the chills even to be able to say that. Um, I love this reading because um, the first thing that went through my head was a memory of all the years I've been in program, 30, 35 years, and I can remember all the times I was only abstinent. I was thin. I was abstinent, and I hated sponsoring. And it's like, you know, I didn't know why I didn't like sponsoring. But, you know, you can't give away what you don't have. Today I was put through the steps, you know, by the big book method, um, or work the steps. Uh, I work it every day. I do everything that this book says, and I have taken and do take the suggestions of my sponsor. But what is so amazing to me, you know, I mean, I truly, I truly give with joy. Where it says here, if the alcohol failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. I could not survive in the past. I didn't understand why I was so clean and so absent and I looked at the part. I didn't understand why. Um, and, and I see today, you know, I couldn't give it away. I, even if I wanted to give it away, I didn't have anything to give. I mean, I wasn't working out of, out of, out of this big book. You know, it, it was strictly only the tools, you know. And the, 
only the tools in, in OA did not work for me if I did not work the steps exactly like they're written in here. Um, I just wanted to say, too, uh, you know, I'm sponsoring now. And I, 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 when I took the first girl, when the first girl asked me to sponsor, I was like, I was so mortified and so afraid, you know. And I had to be reminded, I'm not responsible for her recovery. That was like, aha, because that's what I always used to think in the past. I used to think it was my job to keep her abstinent and to get her recovered. But it's not. We pray before we work, and I love that people do that with me. Even when I make a call and I'm in trouble with something or my emotions, we always pray first. I mean, it's such a wonderful gift. Um, and, and so I'm just sharing how the program was given to me. I'm just sharing what's out of the big book. And from, from the first girl that I've been working with, from a, you know, a lot of defiance, you know, I see slowly that melting away. And I get chills just watching it, you know. I never understood when people said they get a joy out of watching that. I, I see it now. I'm so grateful. And I am there. Um, you know, the book says how we develop a fellowship around us or something like that. I'm not a can't quote pages, but it's amazing because I have this whole group of people that I support that, you know, I'm in touch with, that they're in touch with me and that I'm not their sponsor. They always say, oh, you're my co-sponsor. But you know what? I love giving. I love giving it, and I love putting those dates on my calendar. And that comes first before everything else in my life. Um, and it gives me a life—a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I never understood that expression, but I do now. So I know my time is running out. Don't give up if a miracle hasn't happened yet. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much, uh, Razar. Monica T. Good morning. Good morning, Anita J. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are <laughs> in Bill's story. And on this page here, what I see is step 12, a summary of step 12 going on here. So the beginning of step 12, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. So we saw that a few paragraphs up above there when Bill explained had his sudden spiritual experience and and what's a spiritual awakening you know it's a change it's a personality change it's a change in my thinking my attitudes my behaviors as a result of doing these steps because I didn't know what I didn't know and I couldn't see what I couldn't see when I came in here and then the the first paragraph that was read here is the middle part of step 12 we tried to carry this message to alcoholics. And also, as was already said by others here, this personality change, this sudden personality change that Bill had, we're seeing it here. You know, here's this selfish man who's all, what's he doing? He's thinking about others. Oh, my God. You know, he's thinking about others. Did he think about others, you know, before? No. You know, did he think about his poor wife and he was stealing money from her purse? No. Did he think about her when he was using the money to pay off the, the delicatessen and the bars? No. Did he think of anybody of himself? No. But here he's thinking, you know, maybe I could be a help to somebody else. And then the last part of step 12 to practice these principles in all our affairs. You know, my friend had emphasized, has insisted upon the absolute necessity, absolute necessity, that's not an option, of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly was it imperative to work with others. Imperative, absolutely required. 
You know, and, and this is not a new theme here. Well, we've already been, we're just in page 14, and we've seen this numerous times around already that I have to help others. If I want to keep what I've been given, I've got to help others. And then on the top of 15, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. You know, life is still going to happen. You know, that's my experience. Life is still coming. There's still terrible things happening. But you know what? I know now to turn to God. I know now I've got 10, 11, and 12. I've got these steps that I didn't have before to deal with life before my way was to eat. You know, when I was restless and irritable, discontented, uneasy, you know, food was my solution. Now I have a better solution. It's called God. And with that, I pass. Oh, thank you very much, Monica T. And Kim G., it's... uh your turn. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. Ooh, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. You know, I, I love when we read this book slowly because there's a lot of stuff, you know, little sayings I heard in the rooms that I'm realizing now are like incomplete, like the. One we heard a couple of days ago, simple but not easy. I heard that a long time, but I never heard that a price had to be paid. Well, here, I often heard, I, you know, to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. So, but what I thought that meant was, you know, that I was going to go into a room and I was going to chant and I was going to say prayers over and over again. In the 12-step program, there's a very specific way that we enlarge our spiritual life. And that is through work. And the work is the 12th, is steps 10 and 11, and through self-sacrifice for others, which is working with people. You know, I, I, I think so often, you know, I hear, uh, you know, I said for myself, well, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, but I have to tell you, honestly, I didn't know what that meant, because what it meant to me was I thought step 10 was at night, and I would make a list of how I was a good girl and if I was a bad girl, and if my good girl stuff outnumbered my bad girl stuff, it was a good day. And I thought step 11, I don't know if you've ever heard the joke, but I was a teabag Christian. I only prayed when I was in hot water. So I only did step 11 when things were going bad. And then step 12, in all honesty, I was a diet coach and a life coach. So, you know, I think now, step 10, am I consistently through the day looking for those character defects? That's a step 10. In step 11, there's three practices, evening routine, morning routine, and pausing throughout the day. Am I doing that? And am I working with others? I remember someone saying, asking me if I was working with people, and I said yes. And she said, well, when's the last time you took a fifth step? That hit me between the eyes. Because if I'm sponsoring, I should be taking fifth steps. It means I'm actually working people through the steps. You know, so if you've been through the steps and you're restless and you're irritable and you're discontent, ask yourself, are you really doing 10, 11, and 12, or are you saying you're doing 10, 11, and 12? Because my experience is, and what this book is telling me, is I could not survive the certain, not the improbable or the possible, but I cannot survive the certain trials and low spots ahead if I don't continue to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life through 10, 11, and 12. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Kim G. Uh, just, our, just to tell everyone who came in late, we are at the bottom of page uh, 14, the last two paragraphs. And who else would like Vasa. to share on them? Vasa O. Vasa. Craig. Craig. Lynette. 
Leah S. and Lynn S. Leah M. Leah M. All right, let's go with these five, and then let's see. We'll see what's left, what time is left for us. Vasa followed by Craig. Good morning, Vasa O. Good morning, Anita, and good morning, every one of you this morning. And I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive over here in Florida. And I just love this paragraph. You know, I love going through the big book like the way we do, one or two paragraphs at a time, you know, not reading one or two pages and then share. And, uh, I, you know, my Abby that brought me into the program and 12-stepped me, she, she said to me, there's nothing that I want from you, Vasa. I just want you to pass it on to others. And, and you know, and she said, if you want to stay sober, you have to help others. And I guess, you know, I was even doing the steps without even realizing I was doing them. I mean, here I've been absent for one or two weeks, you know. I'm talking to her about my character defects or whatever. And, you know, and, and that's what she said. You know, you have to pass it on. I said, well, I, have, I haven't had much recovery. I'm going to pass it on. She said, well, you've had an abstinence. An abstinence. You can talk about your experience, strength, and hope, you know. And, uh, but I made a lot of mistakes, you know. I kept chasing people that, you know, whether they were in the program, I remember calling back people, or I haven't heard from you, or I haven't seen you at the meeting, or I would even go to relatives and friends, you know, and tell them about the good news that I received, you know. And then gradually I realized, you know, people have to want this program, and I wanted it so bad, and I was so desperate, you know. And again, you know, I'm not responsible. I've learned over the years. I'm not responsible for people's, other people's recovery, and I'm only responsible for my own. So I'm not going to, I can't chase people, give them something that they don't want, you know, just share my own experience and strength of hope. And today, is, my relationship with God is number one, you know, what I call it my higher power, God. And yes, I would have died, you know, if I was not um, brought in the program but what a life to live. I would have been, it would have been the saddest thing for me to be stuck there in the resentments, the the fears, the worries, the anxieties. You know, what kind of life is there? I mean, I, I have a, I've been in this program for 30 years. I can't even imagine living 30 years, being into my addiction and living life the way I was. I know I would be dead today. And I'd be a very, very sick woman. I'd be very, very miserable, you know, and with all kinds of physical problems, emotional and spiritual problems. And I'm so glad to hear that this is a spiritual program. It's not a religion. Religion. This is my church. I mean, yes, I go to other churches, church, but this is my church. This is where I grow and learn more, you know. And I'm so grateful that I was led into... Um, the big book and overrated anonymous. Thank you, and I Thanks so much, Vasa. Craig, followed by Leah S. Was it, is it Craig F.? Yes, Craig F. Yes. Good morning. Can you hear me? Good yes, morning. perfectly. Good. Okay, good. I'm Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, I, uh, uh, I, I was listening to this and, and these paragraphs, and I it occurred to me, and I, I 
kind of need to sit down and do a little study of this, I guess. But what we're seeing the promises come alive in uh, in Bill's life. You know, a new attitude and a new outlook, and and uh, uh, several others. And it just, uh, you know, it's not listed that way, but uh, it just occurs to me that that's what we're seeing. I I, I don't know about you. I like analogies, um, and uh, I I uh, I get. Uh, the point of the story a lot better when I when I have them sometimes and there's an analogy to this this idea about sponsoring and that is there's there's two inland seas in uh, Israel uh, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea and uh, the River Jordan runs into the Sea of Galilee and and uh, the Sea of Galilee is alive full of fish it's uh, got life in it because the water runs in and the water runs back out and then it runs back down to the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea the water runs in but it doesn't run out and so stuff accumulates and it evaporates and and nothing lives in the Dead Sea and uh, I think that that is an analogy for sponsoring it you know the, the program runs in uh, we, we get the program we get the sponsored we we get all this wonderful uh, spiritual uh, experience, and we get this uh, uh, this uh, nourishment, this spiritual nourishment. And and if it doesn't run out, if we don't sponsor, if we don't give it away, then it uh, it, it accumulates, and uh, the insanity accumulates, I believe. And and we're dead. We're spiritually dead, and like the Dead Sea. And so uh, it just uh, those those kinds of analogies help me to see. Why I need to keep giving it away? I need to, uh, I need to to give it away in the measure it's been given to me, and give it away freely. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Craig F. Leah S. Followed by Lynn S. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much. Um, I am Leah S., a recovered compulsive overreader from Brooklyn, New York. Um, Each and every sentence has so much to talk about, but I'm going to choose. If he did not work, he would surely drink again, and if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. And with me, it is just like that. So um, I I do some work in this program. I... I literally have changed my life. So instead of wallowing and and staying in bed, I do things, you know, early in the morning. I I work my program. There are there are practices that I do. There are um physical things that I do. I I go walking, I do whatever I do. Faith without works. I can believe in God. I can believe in whoever, whatever my higher power is. If I'm not going to do something about it and I'm not going to work these 12 steps and give it away, it's not, it's just not, this program is not going to work for me. And, um, uh, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, so um, I think I will pass. <laughs> I I wanted to bring out something, but I will pass. Thank you. Thank you for letting well, me Well, 
I heard I heard a message. Thanks. Thanks so much, Leah S. Lynn S. Followed by Leah M. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I remember hearing this particular passage last year because there was a share online so strong pointing out how we enlarge our spiritual life. And I heard it again today, that same strong message. And it's really, it really speaks to me and resonates to me because I am a great distractor. And I would hear something about, oh, enlarge my spiritual life. So off I'd go and I'd read Brother Lawrence and I'd be quoting Brother Lawrence to everybody or I'd get into Marianne Williamson or I would distract myself with going to church or any other number of things, yoga and yoga lifestyle and all this jazz. And all of those things are great. There's nothing wrong with them. But I would do them instead of working the steps or in place of working the steps or I thought I was working the steps. And it just amazes me, even now when I'm doing a step 10, if I start to get feel discomfort while I'm doing it, it's like I'm like popcorn. I'm jumping up out of the chair because I just have to get a cup of tea or go to the bathroom or check an email or goodness knows what, you know, but I have to do something other. And I see how distracted I am, but today, sitting here listening, and I, I did a tenth with somebody, and they were simple words. She was talking about discomfort, and she was saying that the discomfort is God nudging you to do the step work. And they're simple words, and they can be passed off, but it was like God nudging me was like hitting me on the head with a sledgehammer. <laughs> that was the nudge. It wasn't something simple. And hearing again this morning, you work the steps like your hair is on fire. And I'm taking that not to mean just the initial 1 through 12. I'm taking that to mean for you, Lynn S., every single day, you work the steps like your hair is on fire. Not like it's something you can start now, but i got to leave to go to yoga, so when I get back, I'll finish it. That's, that's not going to cut it. And it never occurred to me because I was so busy trying to enlarge my spiritual life. The program never asks me to do anything that isn't in the first 164 pages. So if I want to know how to enlarge my spiritual life, look, it's in the book. They've been telling us. They're going to tell us. It's all through there. If I want to work the program of recovery, and not my program. My program is I'll get around to it when I do it, or I talk to you about it, or I'm going to read this book first. That's how I work my program. If I want to recover, I work the program the way it's outlined in the book, which is a totally different thing. I'm so grateful to this meeting and to the people on the line who speak directly and clearly and strongly about how to recover because they're passionate because it saved their life. And I am so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to hear this again. I'm so grateful for the people who take the time to listen to my phone calls. Right. And I'm grateful for what we have. And thank God I get to work with others and pass along what I've learned here. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Lynn S. And Leah M., good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much, Anita. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. If he drank, he would surely die. With us, it is just like that. I mean, these words have always touched me deeply. And with us, it is just like that. You know, if, I'm out, if, I've, if I've conceded to my innermost self that I'm a real compulsive overeater, which I am, then, you know, this has to be my life's work. Um, 
you know, many of you know, you know, I have a full household here, uh, 12 children, uh, grandchildren at my feet now, a husband with his own business. And yet, as busy as all that is, <laughs> I'm more busy um, with the program. That is the center of my life. It is my life. My experience is that the more I pay attention to my relationship with God through this work of Step 10 and 11 and my service to others in Step 12, the more my life flourishes in all areas, even though it's counterintuitive and it's counterinstinctual because you would think I need to hoard time just to rest in order to deal with everything else going on around me. Um, based on my own personal experience, the more I give away through this work uh, of teaching others, the more I receive. You know, I love the way it, it it's talked about in the AA 12 and 12. It's so beautiful. It says, practically every AA member declares that no satisfaction has been deeper and no joy greater than a 12-step job well done. To watch the eyes of men and women open with wonder as they move from darkness into light, to see their lives quickly fill with new purpose and meaning, to see whole families reassembled, to see the alcoholic outcast received back into his community, and above all, to watch these people awaken to the presence of a loving God in their lives. These things are the substance of what we receive as we carry the message to the next, in our case, compulsive overeater. And that has exactly been my case. Every time working with someone, watching them be reborn through the same process, um, wanting them to have their own spiritual experience, not mine, through the 12 steps, staying detached in order to stay objective while caring deeply for their personal and spiritual welfare, I keep re-experiencing the power of the program over and over and over again. You know, it says he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. Ahead? <laughs> you know, with this many people whom I love around me, there are trials now. Today, what's going to keep me right here, right now, with God, working with other people, working with other people, watching the God of their understanding come alive within them, watching them have a rebirth through the 12 steps? That's something no one should miss. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Leah M. Uh, I'd like two more names. Yudini. Yudini. Janice M. Janice M. Janice M. All right. Um, If we have time, Renee, but I'm not sure we're going to get to you. Um, Irini, please, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I'm a very grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. When I lay in the hospital, the thought came, isn't that interesting? Wow. What a relief after so much internal and external chaos, so much pain, being egotistical, always chasing his bottle for that ease and comfort. And now, now he's in a space, a sacred space, to just be silent and quiet. And that thought came to him of other Centered. This is the transformation. This is a new vision, a new breath of life. It's the breath of God. He is inhaling God. 
and he is exhaling self. Here is a life full of hope and light that he needs to pass on to others because it's his breath. So from I to we is a language of the heart has changed. How beautiful is that? He humbly lowered himself knowing in the depths of his being that he is nothing without God. We just read that on page 13, that I humbly offered myself to God to do with me as he would. He has a spirit-guided mind, thank you, God, to serve others. Sponsoring is a divinely thought, a spirit-guided thought, and certainly not a self-centered thought. Thinking differently, he has to pass what he was freely given to him. This is where the connection gave birth. He got connected to Ebby, a fellow. He got connected with God. And this trilogy, my friends, is the birth of our fellowship. This is what it's about. It's about you, me, and God, the trilogy. This is how we see God through this transformation of all of our personalities, from Ebby to Bill to you and to me. Wow. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. I pass. Thanks so much, Irene M., And Janice M., you have two minutes. Go for it. Oh, okay. Why don't you time me, too, if you can? Thank you, thank you. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Oh, my goodness. I came into OA because I wanted to get thin, and guess what I received? I received a gift, a gift that I didn't have to buy, a gift of a spiritual having had a spiritual awakening as the as the result of this of this of these steps and then i tried what what this is the goal this was my goal to to change i couldn't change on my own i couldn't change through diets i couldn't change through self help books but this is how i changed this gift is a gift it's only a gift, and it's given given to me from my higher power, whom I choose to call God. And he didn't give it to me just for me. He gave it to me to give it to others. That was That's the purpose of this whole program. And the messages that I try, and I tell them that, you know, I, I'm changed. I don't do this anymore. I don't think like this anymore. I don't behave anymore. And that's a personality change sufficient to recover now on page 77 is the purpose of this whole book what is it i'm a servant to a higher power that's why he gave me this gift the real purpose is to be of maximum service to god and others even when i don't want to even when in my home recovered or not i still have these you know um, intolerance issues or impatience but this is where I have to practice it very, very hard. I love, I love to, to uh, sponsor. I mean, that's the joy, you know. But it's also a joy when I can, you know, say, God bless them, change me, and especially in my home because it's the hardest. And there's only three of us. <laughs> so um, that's where I have to practice. These principles that I have been given, 
you know, and it works. It's changed my whole life in my home. I'm, I was on the verge of divorce. I've been married now for going on 53 years. That's a miracle because I keep doing it. I want to keep growing. I want to keep giving it away. I want to keep changing. Mm-hmm. I can't do this myself. And um, did you say time? I did. Oh, and it's time. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you got a lot in in two minutes. Thank you so much. Very good. Um, now I want to thank everyone who shared and to tell you that the share ID for this 7 a.m. Wednesday, March 15th meeting is 9725 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9725. And uh, Renee C., I hope you can hang on and uh, share in the second hour. Uh, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Irene M. please read a vision for you for us? Irene? Page 164. Yes, thank you. Um, With great pleasure, humility, and honor, I will. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you have in God. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.